Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. I know we got the children in here, so we won't be in here. I won't be preaching long. I've said that before, and it went long, so, you know. I'm convicted of being not telling the truth always. Like, I'm going to preach short, and it winds up long. But I, I do want to uh, share just a little bit. I was asking the Holy Spirit for, the, for today. You know, we all have our thoughts about Christmas and what we would like to say about Christmas. I had something else I actually wanted to share, but... There was this other thing I feel is more important, and I feel like the Lord wanted me to say this, So, and I want you to receive this today. I want to read this verse. Of course, this is a, a great Christmas verse. It's Luke 2, uh, verse 13 through 14. Uh, it says, Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those who with whom God is pleased. Uh, can you, I just want you to take a moment and put yourself there. These, of course, were the shepherds, and these angels appeared, and it said there was an army of them. And so you're talking about a Pentecostal worship. That was... We, we read that. We think, oh, Presbyterian. <laughs> no, that wasn't Presbyterian. Now, I ain't putting down Presbyterian. I grew up in Presbyterian. I got some really a lovely Presbyterian quiet friends. They're quiet in church, but they're loud outside of church. <laughs> but this was a loud day, an army. I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. If you ever lay your eyes on Jesus on any level, you're going to get Pentecostal. You are not going to sit there and say, "Praise the Lord." You're going to, you're going to, God's going to move you. I promise you, these angels were singing loud. I promise you, if they have vocal cords like we do, their vocal cords were strained because they knew something was happening. They may have not understood what was happening, but they knew something powerful was happening, that God decided to get off His throne and come to earth as a human being as a little baby. And so they knew God was going to do something amazing. Isn't that beautiful? I just love that. Uh, And it says, I think the main thing that we... Is this thing about peace on earth, uh, which is such a beautiful thing. If when you think about it, that was that was what they were saying. I think uh, another version says, "Peace on earth and goodwill towards men." Peace on earth and goodwill toward, and that's really where when Jesus came. Of course, you know that one of the titles of Jesus is Prince of Peace. Isn't that such a, a beautiful uh, title, Jesus, Prince of Peace? And really, I've come to know this in my life. Uh, I love the presence of the Lord. I've determined in my life that the most important part of my Christianity is worship. Uh, it's not preaching. It's, it's worship. It's, it's because I love being in God's presence. And God always shows up in worship. Uh, but, but peace is one of the most practical ways that God has, has manifested His presence to us. That peace is how we experience God's presence on a daily basis. It really is. We're not always in a in a, a moment like we had up here. That's not gonna. That may not be happening on Monday morning at seven thirty. Right? It might be opposite of that. Like, <laughs> but you can have peace. That's what Jesus said. He and that's why they call him the Prince of Peace. It said, and Corey read it early. Uh, the increase of his government of peace will never end. In other words, this peace was released into the earth, and as far as God is concerned. It is continuing to grow. It is t- continuing to be manifest in the earth. Amen. Amen? 
It's such a beautiful thing. God is called the God of all peace in Romans 16, 20. The God of all peace. Uh, in Old Testament, listen to this. This is powerful. Two-thirds, this is Old Testament now, two-thirds of the use of the word peace, this is what it meant. It referred to mankind having fulfillment, protection, provision, and relationship with God. That's what, when, when two-thirds of when the Bible talks about peace, it talked about those things, that we could have fulfillment in our life, fulfillment of our desires, fulfillment of our dreams, the fulfillment of the things that God put them. That's peace. It's provision, where God provides for people. It's protection. Sometimes you feel a need for protection in your life. I know if you're a woman, you've felt that a whole lot more than men do, haven't you? You know, because women physically are a lot weaker than men. I've tried to really understand that and be more, uh, you know, empathetic towards women in situations, you know, where they may feel vulnerable, where a guy wouldn't feel as vulnerable. You know what I'm saying? Men, we need to pay attention to that uh, because that's important to the Lord. You know, he doesn't want women to be abused. Um, that was just a, that's a free Christmas present to all men. <laughs> And relationship with him. Peace means relationship with Jesus. That's something he's given us. Let me read John 14, 27. This is really beautiful. It says, I'm leaving you with a gift. Uh, Corey was saying God's a gift giver. Jesus said, I'm leaving. This is Jesus at the end of his life on earth. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. Peace of How many people feel like that's something they'd like to have this morning? Peace of mind and heart. Okay? That's really vital for mental health. That's vital for living a healthy life on earth. That's vital for decision-making. That's vital uh, on your job. It's vital, vital everywhere you go that you have peace of mind, peace of heart. If you don't have peace of mind and peace of heart, you're not going to function well on this earth. You're not going to do well on this earth. And if you go long enough on it, you're going to start breaking down. You'll, you'll break down mentally. You'll break down physically. You will not end, your life won't end well if you don't carry this, this peace of mind and peace of heart. I think it's just such a be- beautiful thing. And he says, the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. It's a gift I give the world cannot give you this peace. Okay? The world says peace is when everything's stable, right? There's no conflict. There's no arguments. There's no disagreements. There's no trouble. Okay, we sometimes think that when we think about the peace of God. We think in terms of there's no trouble in our life. There's no difficulties in our life. There's no challenges in our life. But that's not what Jesus was talking about. That's how the world tries to give peace. If you're looking for that peace, let me say this today. You're going to be disappointed over and over and over because the world can't give you the kind of peace you really need. And the world will never be at peace until Jesus comes back and takes over the world. When Christ returns and sets us that's when peace in the, in the natural realm will become manifested. Are y'all hearing the Lord this morning? Because I want an impartation on people. I think that's what the Lord wants to do. And he said, so don't be troubled or afraid. Okay, so um, Jesus is talking about a peace that he gives us. And it's a peace that's inside of you. In the midst of darkness. In the midst of trouble. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It's not an outward peace. It's an inward peace that he wants people. That's why Jesus called it a peace of heart and a peace of mind. 
So you can carry that. Mind and heart are inside of you. They're not outside of you. They're not your circumstances. They're not your situations. They can affect your circumstances and situations, but they're not. They're you. That's, they're who you are. They're what you are. And God wants to release that peace to his people. In fact, God is very interested in every person, this, person in this room walking out of here today with peace about your life. Peace about your situation. Peace about what about the future. Peace about the impeachment. Should I say that? A uh, 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 Lord help. Peace about the government in our country. Uh, peace about what they're doing in Ukraine. Peace about what they're doing in South Africa. Peace about what they're doing in, in Asia. Peace about what's happening in Hong Kong. See, all those things affect us. Peace about the economy. Peace about our children's health. Peace about our health. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Peace, that we could walk out of here with this peace in us. Peace about our finances. Peace about our healing. Peace, peace about our dreams. See, that's what Jesus wants us to carry. That's how Jesus was able to, to calm storms. Because he carried that in him. And when he spoke, there was this power that came on his words. And the power was peace, because peace is a power. And you can affect the circumstances around you. You can affect the world around you with what you say if you're carrying the peace with you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can begin to speak to your mountains. You can begin to speak to your health. You can begin to speak to your family situation. You can begin to speak to your finances and see something happen, not because you're anxious about it, not because you're frustrated, not because you're mad, but because peace has rule in your heart because he's the prince of peace. His peace is government. Are y'all following this this morning? Of course, the word for peace in the Bible is shalom. You've heard that word before. That's a good Hebrew word. And many people believe this. Uh, they say it's one of the most powerful words in the entire Bible, shalom. Uh, it mean, its meaning includes completeness, soundness, security, contentment, prosperity, and well-being of the total person. Isn't that powerful? So when Jesus said, my peace, that's what he's talking about. Let me say that one more time. He's talking about completeness. He's talking about soundness. He's talking about security. He's talking about contentment. He's talking about prosperity. He's talking about well-being of your entire person. So that's what he said, the peace he's given. It was his peace that he walked and he said, I'm going to share that with you if you'll receive it. If you'll receive it by faith, if you begin to let it happen in your life and begin to let it take over your insides, let it take over your thinking, let it take over your heart, things will change in your life. All right, let me just shift gears slightly. Okay, I'm still talking about peace, but I want to read Isaiah 54.10. Are we good? I'm not asking you if you're good. I'm asking you, are we good? Yes, sir. Let me read this one. Isaiah 54, 10. For the mountains shall depart, interesting, and the hills be removed. That's interesting too. But listen, my kindness shall not depart from you. My kindness shall not. Nor, listen, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed. Everybody say covenant of peace. See, that's what Jesus brought. That's what he did when he came to earth. He brought a covenant from heaven. There was a, there was a covenant working on the earth. There was an old covenant. Okay? The law of Moses. We all know the old covenant. But Jesus came. That's one of the things he brought when he came to earth. He brought a new covenant. He brought a covenant that, he, that, the, that Isaiah prophesied. It's going to be a covenant of peace. It's going to be something that's powerful. 
And it will never be removed from you. It's a gift that God brought that day. If you ever wanted anything from God today, this is something that God has promised His people that we can have a covenant of peace and we can walk in this peace because God has declared it so. He has made it so. And He paid a huge price for each one of us to have this covenant of peace. Uh, My covenant show uh, of peace will never be removed, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. Isn't that be who has mercy on you? Are y'all hearing what the Lord's saying? In Exodus 12, there was this thing called the Passover. We're talking Easter all of a sudden. All of a sudden, I've shifted from Christmas to Easter. Did y'all catch that? <laughs> uh, uh, there was a Passover that celebrated in Exodus 12. It's when, when the children of Israel were brought out of Egypt. It's when Moses led them out of Egypt. And what, and what they did, God said, you've got to do this thing before you go. In fact, you can't go if you, unless you do this thing. And it's, you're going to celebrate this thing called Passover. Everybody say Passover. That comes from there's this angel of death that got released into the world. Actually, that angel of death was already in the world. And God just stepped aside and let that angel of death move. But the Lord said, you got to do something. you got to get a lamb without blemish. And you got to take that lamb. And you got to kill that lamb. you got to cut its throat. And you got to take its blood and put it over the doorposts of your house. And when that angel sees, listen, when that angel sees that blood, everybody say blood. He is going to pass over you. He's going to pass over your home. And if he don't see it, he's not passing over. That's a powerful story. Then, that's not all. Not only do I want you to smear that blood up there, I want you to take that lamb and I want you to cook that lamb. Not, don't take it to the guy to cut it open and remove all its insides. You know what I'm saying, how you do that when you kill a deer? You take it to this guy and he carves it and pulls his guts out and cleans it and washes it and, you know, all the bad stuff, cuts the head off, and all you got is this little thing with these legs without feet. and You know, you know what I'm saying? Well, that ain't what they, Jesus said to do. He said, no, I want you to cook it, and I want you to, listen, eat the whole thing. Eat the whole. Everybody say the whole thing. We're talking about eyeballs. We, you, you ever had hog brains? Oh, Lord, help. Y'all, ain't, y'all didn't grow up in the country. <laughs> country people eat hog brains. Y- y'all ever had chitlins? You know what chitlins are. Country, people eat chitlins. They're your gut. They're, not your gut, but they're some poor animal's guts that they eat. They eat this stuff. People actually eat this stuff. Well, they eat worms in Africa, right, Marlon? They fry grub worms. I've ate them. <laughs> Anyways, this is amazing scripture here. I'm just trying to give you a picture of something. Merry Christmas, right? (laughs) Let me read this beautiful verse here to you. I'm getting close to being done. That's a miracle. Psalm 105, verse 37. I've been thinking about this for a long while now. Uh, This is talking about how God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. Okay? I've left a lot of details out, but this is what, what the psalmist said. He also brought them out with silver and gold. I think we all love that revelation, right? We're going to plunder, plunder the world, right? <laughs> Get all that. 
well, that would be fine. I'm not, I don't have a problem with that theology myself. I mean, if God wants to do that, I'm not going to say, oh, I don't believe in prosperity. I, that's a prosperity gospel. I, I just I can't accept that, Lord. Well, heck with that. If God wants to do that, well, I'm not sitting around waiting on him to do that for me. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do in my life and be responsible, you know, and, and work and, and be a good a citizen of this country and take care of business. But if God wants to do something else supernatural, uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. If you believe that yourself, say to the Lord, I'll take it. Yeah, that's right, I'll take it. But this is not the whole point here. That's a beautiful thing, and, and I'm good with that. But this is what has really uh, stuck out to me. Listen, and there was none feeble among his tribes. There was none. Now listen, we don't really know. We don't know how many people left. There's dispute about that. I don't know if y'all knew that. That we know there's somewhere around 600,000 men because it's actually counted in numbers. Uh, Some people believe that was everybody. Some people believe it was just the men. I don't really know. But let's just say they were only 600,000 people. Think about it. And none of them were sick. Because that word, listen to what this word feeble means. It speaks of physical frailty and weakness, ruin and decay. That's what it speaks of. It speaks of being sick. It speaks of being hurt. It speaks of being crippled. It speaks of being mentally broken. It just speaks of being, think about an old person, their, their, their life has been sucked down. They're all been, it speaks of all of that. It speaks of a person who has cancer. It speaks of a person who has pneumonia. It speaks of a person who has rashes on their body. Whatever the disease, it speaks of them. It speaks of a bad cold. It speaks of the flu. But there were 600, at least 600,000 people and they were all healthy. Now you tell me that was not normal. That's not normal. Because I promise you there are sick people sitting in this room today. I promise you in most families somebody's got a bad cold, especially if you've got kids in school. Right? Somebody's nose is all over you. Like, like the only time I want to not hug my grandkids is like, okay, let me kiss you. I put my hand on their head and kiss my hand. I don't want them to feel rejected because they got snot all over them. And I'm just like, uh. So none, here's the thing. Could it be, let me, I'm asking you a question now. Could it be that when they ate that lamb, God did a miracle in their body. Could it be, could it be something supernatural happened to those people? And when they ate that lamb, whatever diseases they probably were carrying, Egyptian diseases, uh, Israeli diseases, no matter what kind of disease, common cold, whatever it was, old age diseases, frailty diseases, born lame, born deformed, born crippled, born messed up, or got messed up in accidents, You know what I'm saying? Could it be that when they ate that lamb, something happened? Something happened. God did a miracle, and he healed them. God did a miracle, and he made them whole. I I got this feeling that's what happened. I I got this feeling in my heart that we've been missing something in the church when we talk about doing communion. Uh, You know, Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 11... uh, examining yourself when you take communion. He said, don't do it 
Don't do it lightly. You know, that's what he said. You, you, need, to, you need to pay attention here when you, when you take of the Lord's table. That's what he was saying. You need to pay attention. He said, because some, some people don't, are not looking at themselves right. And he says they're, they're bringing judgment on themselves. And he says that some people are weak and asleep, meaning they're dead. Weak means they're sick. Okay? What if Paul is saying this, and he says because you didn't rightly discern the body of Jesus. Are y'all listening to me? Rightly discern. Oh, I'll tell you this. This is what I always thought. Going to take communion. Byron Wicker, you better straighten up, son, before you go do that. All those bad things you've been saying and doing, you go up there and do that. God will strike you down, son. Does anybody else have that kind of thinking going? I think most of us have. I mean, that's kind of the way it was presented to us. And uh, But I'm getting this feeling it doesn't mean that. I'm getting this thought that God is saying, listen, you're not paying attention to what I did for you. You're, you're not getting what I did on the cross for you. You're not understanding what the body, when, when the Bible says by his stripes or by his wounds in his body, we were healed. Could it be that the communion table is not only for our spiritual well-being, right, for us to confess sins to the Lord, let the blood of Jesus, we, we get that. I'm good at that. Some of you, some of you other people in here, y'all, y'all are good at it because we do some sinning, right? We need that blood. So when we take communion, we're good at saying, Lord, I'm sorry I was mean to Becky. Please forgive me. I don't want to do this thing with a wrong heart. But am I, I'm rightly discerning the blood, but am I missing something in the body? Am I missing the gift of God, the gift of peace? Am I missing the gift of wholeness? Am I I'm missing the gift of healing? Now, that's the question. I've read, I've been reading all these testimonies of people who've been healed taking communion. Like one guy, I heard this one. He was in a, an automobile accident and lost peripheral vision. Couldn't see. He could only see straight in front of him. Started doing communion, and when he did it, what he would do, in his mind's eye, he would see himself eating. When he ate that piece of bread, he would see himself eating the eyeballs of Jesus Christ. That might sound nasty to you. It might sound bad to you. But over a period of time, God healed that man's eyes. Over a period of time, his eyes sight was completely restored. I've read other testimonies of people being instantly healed in communion, instantly having cancer fall off their, you know, big old things on them, just drop and fall off right after they did communion, as they saw that they were partaking and believing what Jesus did for them on the cross. Yeah. And I think the church really needs to start thinking about this more. I think we need to begin to consider, is this, is this a, a, when Jesus said, I give you this gift of, of healing, of, of peace, sound mind and heart, that's healing. That could heal your body. That could heal your life. And that we would really 
start considering this as a one of the other, you know, Jesus healed it with many means, many different ways he would heal people, that this could be one that we could add, let me say it to you, we could add into our arsenal of destroying the works of the devil. We could add this, like we got another weapon now. Devil, you're going to pay for this because we figured out something. We figured out something. And we're going to start believing in this and we're going to start letting this thing do something. That's what I believe the Lord wants to give us for Christmas. Now, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. I, I believe God can do a miracle in an instant you could be healed. Or it may be a, a process because many healings are processed. Go home tomorrow. Do, you need to do, you. if you don't believe this, here. You are officially ordained to do communion at home. You're officially ordained to do it in your business place. Wherever you are, you got the permission from heaven to do it. And when you do it, allow the healing anointing to flow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And maybe God, perhaps what we were singing, that was awesome, wasn't it? God, you're a wake maker. You're a miracle. You do miracles, God. Perhaps that will become our reality. Instead of we're going to, we're not only going to just sing about it, we're going to begin to walk in something. That's what Jesus wants. He wants us, he wants us to sing about it. We were doing some declaration this morning. Did y'all pick up on that? We weren't just singing. We were declaring something in the heavens. And I kept thinking, the devil's taking a beating. He is taking a whipping in here as we declared those things. There was power on those things. God wants to make that your reality in your life, I believe. That's Christmas to me. Christmas is not Jesus was just born on this earth as a little baby and came. Christmas is he came and brought heaven with him and he left heaven here and he put it in our hands and he gave us the Holy Spirit to anoint us and empower us to keep up what he did, to keep Christmas going. He, he said it. He said Christmas spirit is going to be over with. But the Spirit of Christ, we can continue walking in. We can, we can move in that Spirit. And if all we do is have a good Christmas, then we're going to be sad for 364 days. God wants to release that Spirit of Christ to us. So let me ask you this. I'm finishing. Praise the Lord. Yes, praise the Lord. Yeah, amen. How many people in this room right now Okay, right now. Feel like they're having a healing anointing. Raise your hand. Okay. All righty. Stand up, you who said that. All right. You got oil? I want y'all who stand and go over there. We're do- this is purposeful, okay? This is purposeful. Go over there. Now, in a little bit, y'all can take communion. Okay, but here's what I want to do. This is my ending. I'm ending. Well, heck, everybody's going over there. <laughs> they shouldn't be any sick people in this church after we leave here today. Y'all go on over there. If you're a visitor, you got it. Come and you know Jesus. Good enough. You're in. <laughs> All right. So here's what we're going to do. The rest of us non-healing people, <laughs> we're going to get healed. <laughs> We're going to do communion, okay? That's what we're going to do. And if you have something wrong with you, when you do communion, I want you to come 
Like if, you, if you're sick on your stomach, for instance, I want you to come up here when you do this communion, you take this blood of Jesus, symbolically drink it, eat this cookie, this cracker. When you eat that cracker, I want you to think about this, eating the stomach of Jesus and seeing his healing come into your stomach. And when you get through, I want you to go over there and I want you to get somebody to anoint you and pray over you. And I want you to go home healed. That would be a good Christmas present. And you know what? Nobody's going to get healed if we don't go after it. We can sit, talk about healing and have theology about it, but if if we're not practicing it, you know, what kind of Christmas is that? You just talk about giving presents and nobody gets a present. Oh, we're going to have a great Christmas, but we're not giving anybody any gifts, you know. We're giving gifts. God has given us a gift. Let's take advantage of that today. So where's Corey? He's going to help us. So here's what we're going to do just to kind of facilitate things. If um, you're coming down on this side, please come down on the far aisle and then go back up this aisle. And then I guess everybody else, we're going to come down this aisle and then maybe swoop around and go up this aisle. If you're taking communion and you're heading back to your seat, if you want to go be with your family, that's awesome. No matter which direction you're coming from, though, if that's a good-looking group, isn't it? If you need what they have, I invite you to take your communion over there and you can take it with them and somebody will pray for you. If you're sick, somebody you know or love is sick, let's, let's receive gifts today from the Father. Let's be kids for a little bit and just have the Lord bless us. Okay, let's go. child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping whom angels greet with anthems while shepherds watch our
Well, church, there's obviously plenty going on this morning. So we don't want to deter anybody from pursuing what the Lord might be doing up here. I'm going to stand up here. Is that okay? But I just want to say Merry Christmas. I love y'all. If you have business with the Lord this morning, there are literally people standing around just wanting to pray for healing for you. Don't take that for granted. Don't leave without it, please. If you don't know who Jesus is and you would like to, come see me. I'd love to connect you with somebody to pray for you and talk with you. If you don't understand peace or joy and your heart is crying out for that, come see us and we'll pray for you. If you're done, then Merry Christmas and be blessed. Have a great day.